0: It has been exactly one year since my first collaboration with Clarkie's Rugby League column. Today, I sit down with the man himself, Clarkie, to have a bit of a chat about the past year. Hit the intro. Alrighty guys, Ozza from Rugby League In My Opinion here and welcome back to the second episode of the Rugby League In My Opinion podcast got a very special guest who i'll be interviewing today you likely already know him if not it is clarky from clarky's rugby league column how you doing man what's up, brother how are you i'm doing pretty good um so i really wanted to uh get you on here especially today so guys if you're not unaware today is one year since clarky and myself first collaborated it was on the first episode of clarky's old sort of podcast slash podcast slash show, um, Clark, uh, what was it, League Lane with Dane, I believe. So, yeah, that was a year ago today. And a lot has happened in that past year, especially for you. You've come absolutely leaps and bounds since then. You are already one of the top dogs back then, don't get me wrong. But you've just hit another stratosphere, man, since then. And I'm proud um, that I've been a part of that rise. But I do sort of want to delve into it a little bit today. Just sort of overall, I guess you could say first, have you seen sort of a significant difference in the past 12 months with your page?
1: Oh, thanks for the kind words, brother, but not really because it's sort of like a daily thing. I don't necessarily take notice. Like I sort of build it back to like if you're trying to lose weight or gain muscle, if you look at yourself in the mirror every day, you're not going to notice a change. But um, I think, you know, if you if you keep your shirt on for a week or you don't look in the mirror for a week and you look, then you might notice a big change. But yeah. I've never really actually stepped back this year and had more than a day off. I mean, there's probably patches where I've had over like the Easter holiday where I didn't have reception. So I had like two days off there. Um, but even with that, like I'm before I left, I planned a heap of content. So it was all uh, coming out via a scheduling app. So because yeah. I've never actually sort of taken a step back, I've just been so focused on growth. And Trying to produce the best content and um, um, stories, articles, Q and As, everything that I can. I've actually never really stopped back to reflect. If I'm being honest, man.
0: Well, uh, that's a bit of a surprise to me because personally, looking at your page, I, I have seen you know a lot of progression and a lot of difference. Um, but I do understand where you're coming from when you're in the thick of it, when it's actually you doing it. And as you said, it's just a daily thing, every day. You don't. You sometimes don't step back to notice. However, one thing that I, and I think a lot of people have noticed one notable change is the progression we have seen um, with your relationship with players. Many players are now choosing you over other outlets to give quotes to, and some even allowing you to break news about them. My question is on this, why do you believe players gravitate more towards you now? And where are you looking to feature players on your page more prominently in the future? Uh, sorry, are you looking to feature plays, players on your page more prominently in the future? If so, how?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure they, like, favour me more um, because the way Rugby League works, there's always a source close to the player that will break the news to the Daily Telegraph or something for a couple dollars beforehand. Yeah. But I think, you know, you look recently with Jai Arrow and Bronson Sherry. Um, we'll go to the Buzz Rothfield article where he claimed he was being shopped and he was keen to move to the Roosters. Mm. Uh, his article was centered on the fact Bronson Sherry wants to join the Roosters. And I reached yeah. out to Bronson and I said, look, if you want to get the truth out there, uh, I've got the platform to do that for you. And people can continue to discount my platform as a fan page or, um, you know, purely based on the follow account. But the fact is my page is interacted more so than the actual NRL one is. I have, I average more comments than the official NRL page. So if we're going to go off that, then the interaction is better. Therefore, your message will be seen by more people. So Bronson basically sent me a quote and he said, look, I'm staying with the Sharks. You know, I've never wanted to leave. And I said, do you mind if I post that up? And he said, no, man, you're fine to do so. I put it out and Buzz Rothfield changes the narrative to, oh, his father needs to stop ringing the Sharks Uh, and stuff like that sort of, you know, he just completely changed the whole narrative of his article. And I guess stuff like that does sort of reinforce what you said. Um, That players are slowly and slowly but surely starting to see my pages and alternative. And I think that sort of stems from the fact um, they know that I'm not out to make a quick buck. Yeah. Uh, Example being Manassi Fainu. Uh, I think I can say this now. I got the breaking news. I got told by someone, uh, oh, he stabbed someone, mate. You've got to break it now. I said, look, that's not what I want to talk about footy. I don't want to talk about, you know, this isn't women's weekly i don't want to talk about all this gossip and stuff so I chose not to report it then all these other journalists that uh, i told nace like they'll they i said to him like you know you watch that as soon as you stuff up in your mate or something they're going to try to make a quick buck off you sure enough all the ones that were calling him the next promising thing he's met with freddie fitler for the blues he's the next big thing were the first ones to quickly write the story up on their websites twitters etc and tear his name down i messaged him and said what, what do we talk about i, I knew this would happen And he goes, yeah, you're spot on. Uh, So, you know, even personal relationships like that with players where they agree, but yeah, I I, I draw it all back to the fact that I'm not in it for profit, man. I earn more than enough through a pension that I got given uh, after hurting myself while serving my country. Got a crook back and two crook shoulders, so I receive a pension there. And I also have a job in level one engineering where I earn triple figures, so I don't necessarily – have a need to make money from my journalism. I do it purely because I I really enjoy football and I talk about it whether I had zero followers at the pub. So I think that's where it all sort of draws back to, brother.
0: Yeah, well, just back to your point about, you know, how the media, mainstream media, I guess, you know, changes things and I guess changes fans' perceptions of certain people. Like the whole Latron Mitchell ordeal, we won't go into it too much because uh, I've reported on it for ages and ages, and I know you have as well, the, mm. the comments, some of the comments I get on my post saying, oh, well, Latrell's obviously a grub, money hungry grub, you know, his priorities aren't in the right place, which I sort of think, how do we know, like, how do we know Latrell Mitchell is just hunting money? You know, there's so, there's so well, many. I can tell you one,
1: yeah. I can tell you he is hunting something and that was animals because I went to do an yeah. interview with him yesterday and his phone reception was so poor. We've had to postpone it, but, the, the you have to like I guess for the people listening they have to understand that the mainstream media is not going to make the same amount of money if they paint the Mature as a really good guy who helps out the community. They didn't report when, when the bushfires were happening in Tari, he was personally fighting the fires, he was buying families with his own money, milk, water, all the basic necessities at the supermarket they didn't report on that once and you know, I put it up, and people coming. Well, he's on Instagram, so he's clearly not helping. Like, okay, he took a five-minute break to jump on Instagram. How dare he? Uh, it goes back to they—they they stand to gain more profit by creating a narrative that he's a money-hungry uh, grub, um, that he has all these issues in his life, that he's demanding all these things. When, in actual reality, or, or fact, or truth, if you speak to the tremor for five minutes, or even his manager, what his manager saying, then. You know, that's all entirely false. So it's a, it's a bit of a dirty world, the um, journalism world.
0: Yeah, it's like this, this what is obviously untrue. I, I can pretty confidently say this is untrue right now, that he's going to be playing reserve grade in 2020. He is literally seeing out his contract. The Roosters chose to withdraw their offer for him. Why would you play him in reserve grade when he's one of, if you don't agree that he's the best, you have to agree that he's at least one of the best centres in the world. He is a key part of that Sydney Roosters' lineup, and they will not want to be losing any more star power heading into the 2020 season looking for a three-peat. I mean, it, it, it's, just, it, it's just crazy what we see sometimes, and people are buying into it. You know, People genuinely believe he will be playing reserve grade next year, and I don't know about you, but there is honestly no reason I can think of as to why. He's done nothing wrong. But the media are sort of painting it as he as you know he's done everything wrong, and you know he's an immoral person and everything you know I've met him for about five seconds, you know, hello, whatever, and he just seemed like a nice guy like and I know you have as well, and neither of us have you know ever had a problem with this stuck up immoral grub or whatever is being thrown out there, this money hungry grub it It's just not the truth, so yeah, you know, bring it back onto the topic a bit more, it, it is sort of refreshing, I guess, as well to see that there are players who are gravitating more towards you. And hopefully that continues more in, in the future, um, so that we can get, you know, a positive and a more truthful light painted um on these players because right now a lot of the stuff is false.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean to the notion of him playing reserve grade, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, who goal kicks sauders It's probably yeah. going to be Takiyaho, who's a front row forward and is off the field for, you know, 20 minutes here and there of a game. And the uh, and the only other replacement they have at the club is Billy Smith, who's played one NRL game. So yeah. if you're honestly going to drop the Australian centre, because he, I just understand how people even believe that. He's done nothing wrong. He is absolutely entitled to other teams. The notion that should be painted should be the Sydney Roosters are in the wrong for withdrawing their contract offer to him. I mean, if, if you don't believe every player is speaking to other clubs when they're coming off contract, then, you know, that's like coming off contract at Woolworths and Coles says, well, we'll give you 10 bucks more an hour. Of course yeah. you're going to consider it. You're doing yep. the same job. Um, but for some reason we buy into this sort of negative culture and spread it and
0: talk about it. But-
1: like you said there just can't be truth to that
0: yeah well we're gonna uh, move a little bit more towards you personally I guess you could say so obviously more recently you have started a new job um, as you said I believe is it BAE systems Mm -hmm. yeah um, and you're currently moving a house as we speak so I do thank you for taking some time out of that to talk to me Um, has that impacted your page um, to a big extent, not at all, you know, because obviously a couple of big life changes. Have you noticed that have an impact on your page? Have you sort of had to change the way you go about things with Clarke's rugby league column due to those things? And do you think it'll be permanent if so?
1: Not necessarily. That's not really the biggest thing that's influenced my change, but uh, I do notice some days I'll be lacking in motivation. Yeah. Just from like the external pressures of trying to learn a new job, et cetera. But it's all about uh, how you use that. So, um, you know, I've used it negatively and just said, oh, well, if I can't do anything on the page, I'll just, um, you know, put out whatever's scheduled and maybe one or two other posts. Or I've used it in positive, like, okay, this job is, pays very well, but it's not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. So I need to work harder now so that I can potentially set myself up for a gig with the NRL, Fox Sports, etc.
0: So, are you still interested? Maybe one day working for a Fox Sports or Channel Nine, let's say.
1: because yeah, definitely.
0: I, I, I know, spo- Sorry, I was just going to say. I remember when we were talking a year ago. Um, I, I think it was like a one-off interview I did with you. Um, you you were talking about the possibility of doing that, and that you'd be open to it.
1: Yeah, definitely, I'm open
0: to it. I I spoke about it more in depth
1: with um Chad Townsend recently, but. I definitely would like to, but it, it would need to be a specific network that values my morals and ethics. And what my morals and ethics are, look, it's not religious. It's not cultural. It's really simple. I'm players first. I don't want a job where you'll try to tempt me with extra money to sell out a player. Money's not what motivates me. Selling out players to become a better journalist, quotations, isn't what interests me, so whichever network I was to sign with would need to really value that I'm for the players and I'm comfortable inside my zone talking about footy, talking about players potentially negative as long as it's concerning on field events. Um, and I, I honestly don't know if there's any anywhere out there that suits those needs and needs at the moment because I did have a job offer with uh, I won't name who they are, but they're one of the largest sporting websites in the entire world they cover nba everything and one of the weird things they asked me and like a job interview on the phone was are you prepared to upload negative things about players and i was sort of like oh what do you mean by that like and he sort of elaborated and went on and i was like oh look not necessarily and it never really progressed past there but i thought that was ultra strange that is one of the first questions you ask someone during a job interview, not what are your interests, what are your strengths and weaknesses? Are you prepared to be basically negative to make us more money, which I thought was pretty poor.
0: It's sad that they sort of prioritise that and they just bring it up front to you in an interview. You know, it's like they value that over anything else. It's like, well, you know, we need to make negative stories. Otherwise, we're not going to get any traction. We're not going to make any money. You know, absolutely. it's as if they don't see that there are other avenues out there of actually creating good and interesting content that will make you some money.
1: Spot on. And I think if the roles are reversed and I was the one doing the interview, my question would be, are you prepared to ditch the negative
0: press and help us promote a positive game that's
1: better for the fans, players and rugby league as a whole?
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, well, now we'll move on to some, a couple of hypothetical futuristic questions, I guess you could say. Um, So it's a two-parter. The first one is right now, where do you see your page in five years and how will the rugby league page scene look in that time? So, you know, I guess to elaborate a bit more, you know, how I guess will rugby league pages still be around? You know, are we growing? Are we sort of dipping off? Will there be more? Will there be less? How big will they be? I guess. But um, starting off, where do you see your page personally in five years if you had to think right now?
1: In five years, I see the newspaper decline, the website decline, the clickbait decline, all becoming a very real thing. You think of all the subscriptions we need to have in life, Spotify, Netflix, Stan, Foxtel, phone bills, and then people expect others to pay for uh, like the Daily Telegraph's paywall, sign up now. I see it sort of transitioning away from that in a few years. And I believe I've got a probably not a massive head start, but I do have a head start on a lot of newspapers and websites in that regard because I see more people gravitating towards social media. Uh, I see social media becoming definitely a major player, particularly around you ask people, um, you know, People have this notion that if it's not television or it's not in a paper, it's not legit. But I would implore, I would implore how long did you spend on Facebook today? And that's, yeah. you know, most people typically maybe one hour. And then I'll say, how much did you read the paper for? How much did you watch television for? How much did you scroll websites for? Yeah. Generally, I would probably say eight times out of 10, the social media is the larger time consumer of those avenues. And I particularly think over the next five years, that's only going to increase. So I would say, yes, a lot more pages will be created, but I think even if you go back to this year, um, I recently went through my Instagram and I had um, a page blocked because they were constantly just copying my stuff, the photo caption, yeah. everything. And I unblocked them. I, I, I unblocked everyone that was there. And I went through and had a look and they hadn't posted in about for six months. Mm-hmm. So whilst, you know, the, the, Thing oh, I have a page, it it seems like a cool thing to do. I think eventually, unless you are extremely committed, that page will die out because there is a hell of a lot of work that goes into replying to DMs, replying to comments, scheduling content every single day, and just so much more that goes on behind the scenes. So, yeah, there will be an increase, but I don't think they'll last unless they are highly motivated individuals or teams working on them.
0: Yeah, um, just on that, you know, I find myself personally sometimes, now I don't know if you do and it obviously isn't, but sometimes it becomes sort of like a job. It's a job that you love, but it's like, man, I'm getting into this routine. You know, I've got to do this, this and this. And, you know, you you sort of have to be passionate about it or it'll never work. Um, Absolutely, man. I completely agree with that. It. And if I had to give any advice personally from me um, to any Instagram or Facebook pages that are starting out, Don't do what that guy did with Clarky. That's the one big no-no. For me, especially when you're starting out, what will separate you from others and what will give you, I guess your first initial following at least, is original content. And I'm talking on Instagram, original pictures to go with your columns. I'm talking an original profile picture, even if it's just your page's name. Boom. At least then that separates you from others. I see so many pages these days, man, that they've got the NRL logo, and they just they will literally take Fox's articles or whatever, take the the pictures, the thumbnails, whatever you want to call them, and use them on their posts. And the thing is, because the majority do have just like an NRL logo and you know just generic photos that they are uploading, people look at that. They don't look at the columns. They actually just look at that, and then they're not interested in the page because they think, well, you're just like everyone else. And people won't, it doesn't matter how good your column is, if you haven't sort of drawn them in with that visual aspect, people just aren't going to care. Would you agree with that?
1: Absolutely, I'd agree with it. And if I had to give a piece of advice um, that would extend on that, I would say instead of copying what Fox Sports has uploaded, try to. You know, this is like you can get away with this when you're larger and more established, but at the start, particularly if you're wanting to become a columnist slash journalist and increase your writing skills. Let's say that right now the news breaks that uh, Sean Johnson has left the Cronulla Sharks. Fox Sports is going to put out an article saying he's left and he's joining this club. So you could rehash that information and it'd be good because everyone would get it on the Instagram. They wouldn't have to go onto the web browser, etc. But you could do an article on what this effect will have for the Sharks, who will replace him at the Sharks, What does this mean for the Warriors? Who could they potentially release? How does he fit into the Warriors 17? So it's trying to find a different narrative in a a different sort of way to portray that. An example for me recently was I missed out on the Vunavalu to the Queensland Reds story. Um, I didn't want to upload it prematurely and then it broke and I was at work for the next 12 hours. So there's no point in me sharing that. But today I have plans to write an article on how the Storm will be okay with this because we've previously seen them lose players like Wonga Blake, uh, Marika Korobedi, et cetera, and rebound and develop new talent. So I'm taking a different angle and I'm still, I'm still using the information portrayed by mainstream media, but I'm putting my own twist on it and giving you a unique piece of content in doing so.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I was just having to think then um, while you're explaining your point, sort of something that I would also add on to your addition Um, is if you are going to run a rugby league page, and I will bring up something you posted the other day, if you don't mind, Hmm? you are going to have to expect a little bit of backlash. You are going to have to expect some dickheads on your page. The thing is, you you don't have to take it. Now, I'm going to refer to um, a post you put on your Facebook and Instagram story the other day where you said you are going to start uh, blocking people. And this is something that I've sort of had to learn as well. I used to think blocking people was bad, right? Not only for analytical reasons, I guess you could say, but also because, you know, oh, he's a guy that blocks people, whatever. It's got sort of a negative stigma to it. But, you know, if you are being, I guess you could say bullied or if someone is trying to tear you down, that can have an impact on how you feel towards your page. And I've noticed that. Especially recently, you know, I've just been feeling down or whatever. And sometimes it is because of my page because, and it's a minority, obviously, um, that, you know, they're an outspoken minority and they just want to make people feel bad. And I don't know why they just want to put people down. And it's not only myself. There are other people on my page. I've had people messaging me every now and then saying, look, can you block this person or can you do something about this person? They're taking things too far and it's no longer about footy. So if you do feel that way, you don't always have to block someone, but don't don't let it ruin your day. Don't let it ruin your week and don't let it ruin your page for you. So um you obviously did upload that um that column, I guess you could say, on you know, just saying that you were going to start blocking people. Where did that sort of stem from from you? Now I'm not asking for a specific example or a specific person and what they said mm. to you more, what, what was that breaking point? What was going through your head where you, you sort of thought I need to start blocking people and I need to let my followers know that if you're not behaving in a respectful manner that you are going to get blocked.
1: No, I think the turning point was, I was reading a lot of, I read all my comments on Instagram. i reply to everyone. I don't do so on Facebook because there's just too many on Facebook. It's not, yeah. vi- it's not viable at all. Um, but I was noticing a lot of people were using personal insults that had no bearing or relevance to the post. Yeah. Um, an example I can think of was um, saying Curtis Scott to the Raiders. What does this mean for BJ Laylor or something? And I can't remember his exact comment, but someone commented, what would you know? You're some fat kid that lives in his mum's basement or something like that. And like, yeah. it didn't have a massive effect on me uh, because it's only one comment, but it's when you read the second one. And then you read the third one and the mm. fourth one and the fifth one. Yeah. Then you change to Instagram and you read three there. Suddenly you start to uh, you have like a built-up angle inside you. And yeah. after you've read something negative so many times, you can't positively respond. And you're better off just not wasting your time. Like, the energy that you consume mentally, physically, reading these poor comments and thinking about them, it's so much easier to just hold down, block. Um, because they're not con- contributing football to your page. If, if you want to make a column negative silks and salty bitches dot column, then sure, you wouldn't block them that's perfect. But yeah. if you have a column that's based on football and they're not talking about football, then they bear no relevance and therefore they have no use in them. So I would definitely advocate for blocking people that aren't contributing in an effective or even just not necessarily even positive. People can be negative, but as long as they're still talking about football and not yep. being directly derogatory, bullying or attacking someone, then sure, let them go. But
0: if they're not if they're not contributing something
1: relevant to football guys, don't waste your energy. That would be my advice.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it, it has become a huge factor, for, obviously, for you. But, um, you know, for me as well, I'm probably... A lot of other pages need to sort of get on board with this, that it's okay to block people because, you know, your mindset, your mentality, as I was saying before, it it has a huge impact. So that's another big piece of advice I'd get, obviously the original content, but, you know, don't be surprised if people are acting that way towards you and, but you don't need to take it there will always be people out there that are just looking to do that. And I find it a lot. Uh, unfortunately, I do find this a lot within the rugby league community. Now, I don't know if it's just because I report on rugby league. And as I said, it, it is a minority, but I would say our our vocal minority of idiots, I guess, are, you know, some of the worst I've seen. And this isn't just talking from personal experience from what I've seen, other pages, et cetera. So guys, original content, as Clarkie said, don't always just rehash things and, um, of course, don't take any crap, I guess you could say, online. Anything else to add?
1: No, man. I think those three are really good starting points,
0: but if anyone's listening and they'd like
1: more, my DMs are always open. So if you find me on Instagram, I'm happy to help out there. Yes,
0: yeah, same here. Well, guys, it has been a great episode. I've had a great chat with you today, Clarkie. Um, I'm sure we'll be climbing on something in the future, although it is a bit hard during this off-season, obviously. But I want to thank you for giving up some of your time, of course, moving to you know sit down and have a chat with me. And um, would you like to plug your social medias?
1: Thanks, man. I always appreciate any opportunity to jump on with you. Definitely my favourite person to collaborate with. Um, and if you guys want to find me the best place, Instagram at clarkies.rl.column. Drop a comment, drop an inbox, i reply to it all, and I'll see you guys there. See you later, guys.